How's everybody doing with spring break with the kids? You survived it? Gosh. I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe we need to play another song. I don't know. Come on, man. Come on. Hope that your week has been fantastic. And for those parents uh, who don't know, I think your kids do not have school again tomorrow. So you get one more day of them cleaning and doing chores and, and all that fun stuff because that's what they do. Anyway, I'm excited about today. Come on, wasn't that a great worship set this morning? Just fantastic. So good to worship. Um, today, we have someone who is going to speak for us. It's not going to be me. It's going to be someone else that is going to speak today. I'm pretty excited about this. A little over three years ago, I uh, began to spend some time with this young man. And I'll, I'll never forget, we were sitting in Starbucks, and this guy pulls out a, a, a yellow legal pad and uh, just starts writing every, it felt like everything I was saying he was writing down and was soaking everything up like a sponge and just wanted to learn and was trying to make some life decisions, figure out where he was going in life, where his family was going, what in the world. Y'all know those decisions. And I remember uh, one night on a Zoom call during COVID when everybody was locked down, we have this Zoom call with them and uh really just trying to, they were trying to figure out, how do you do this call of God thing? Like, especially in a world like this. And just begin to talk about how to take the next step. And if you've been around Emerge Church for any period of time, it's always about taking the next step. And so the whole process was, let's help you to take the next step. And I remember they were leading a small group during the pandemic over Zoom, which, man, you pull that off, you're pretty good. Can I just say that? Seriously, because that's a challenge. And just begin to step forward, serve in different areas. And I remember when he started jumping in and serving with Surge and really just helping out in so many different roles with our young people, helping fill some gaps that were there, whether it was leading a game or trash talking some kids or talking about his team way too much. A little overrated at times, but anyway save that for another day. Um, but I remember when he had his first opportunity to speak to our students in search and just hit a home run. I mean, it was fantastic. fantastic. So he was able to speak a few times in search, but I knew there was a, a gifting. I knew there was a calling on his life and his faithfulness and just his, his drive to learn and his heart to serve just keeps adding up, keeps adding up. And uh, Lord put it on my heart to ask him to speak to you today speak to the church. And so I want to bring my good friend, Mr. Benjamin Boyd up here to come and share the word with you this morning. And I, he cannot say go dogs today. You can't say it, brother. I'm sorry. I love you, though. I love you, too. Appreciate that. Thanks, Bert. good to be here. Man, it's good to be here. Greetings. Emerge. Emerge family. Emerge online. It's good to be here. Blessed, man. Just blessed. Just blessed. And you're blessed too. You know, you can say that. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Let me hear you say it. Say I'm blessed. Because it's the truth. It's the truth. You are blessed. Even if you can't see it. It takes faith. It takes faith. Before I get going, 
I got to take a minute and give credit where credit is due because that was a glowing introduction and I do appreciate it. But uh, I wouldn't be here by myself. And a lot of us wouldn't be where we are right now if it wasn't for the blessing that this house of God has in our pastors, pastors Wade and Cynthia Moran. Y'all, come on, man. Give it up. These guys serve. These guys lead faithfully, faithfully. They give us a great covering and a great example. And you got to give credit where credit's due. So thank you, guys. Reminds me of a popular country song from the 90s. Got to give credit where credit. If you didn't listen to country music in the '90s, you missed it. I'm just, I'm, I, I was, I was a, I was, I was an '80s baby, so I got to listen to country music in the '90s. It was incredible. It was like five or six guys in every single band, you know. All of them played an instrument. Like half of them had blonde curly mullets and a mustache, and it was glorious. So anyway, let me focus here. So my name's Benjamin. It's not Wade. It's not Bert. My name's Benjamin, and my wonderful wife, Catherine, and I. Amen. Yeah. Amen. You can't tell me I'm not God's favorite. Look, I got evidence right there. We get the good fortune of calling Emerge Church our home. Uh, we've been coming here for a few years now, and one thing I've noticed about Emerge is, is most people, uh, most people tell you how long they've been coming to Emerge based off where they were meeting at the time they started coming. And that's, that's, not, that's not how we do it. We, we like to tell people we've been coming to Merge ever since, like back in the day when we only had one kid. You know, that's how, that's how long we've been coming to Merge back when we only had one kid. And, and now we're blessed with, with, with four kids. Um, my oldest, Ellison, she's, she's six. We've got the twins, uh, Amos and Otis, also known as the Wrecking Crew, and uh, baby Joshua, who, um, who will be six months old. Uh, six months old, so next week. So anyway, um, that's us, and we're glad to be here. And this is week two of a series that we're calling uh, Following Jesus. And listen, if you missed last week, you need to go back on the YouTube channel and catch Pastor Wade's message from Following Jesus is a relationship. It was so good. It was so good. It was so good. It was so... um, so simple. He broke it down to this to this relationship level that we often get it so complicated, right? We, we, we have this idea of what it's supposed to look like, and oftentimes we, we get it complicated, and if we just think about that Jesus wants us to be in a relationship with him, it's so much easier, so much better. And so if you missed it, I'll give you a quick recap. I would encourage you, after this is over, go check it out. Don't go to lunch. Don't take a nap. Just go check it out on YouTube. But it was about a relationship. And so the reason we can be in a relationship with Jesus is because he came to earth. He came to earth for the simple fact that we could enter into a relationship with him and have all the blessings that come from being in a relationship with him. And had he never come to earth, it would have always been this this, um, holier than thou uh, up in heaven, you know, mystical, mythical, triune God, religious figure. But because he came down, we have the ability to see him as a relatable friend. And it really makes your walk totally different if you can view him as a relatable friend instead of a religious figure. And uh, the challenge that Wade issued last week was, what if Jesus was your best friend? What if he was your best friend? What if you talked to him like he was your best friend? What if you trusted him like he was your best friend? It would just change everything. And so... Um, check it out if you haven't if you haven't seen it already. And so, part two, I have the good fortune to deliver part two, and I thought it was appropriate for part two. I would have not one but two. 
scripture verses that we're going to look at today. So the first one is out of Matthew. Uh, it's Matthew chapter 4. It's going to be uh, verses 14, excuse me, 18 through 20. Matthew 4, 18 through 20. The Bible says, One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net in the water, for they fished for a living. Come on, Jesus showed up at work. <laughs> How many of y'all wish Jesus would show up at work? <laughs> you prayed that prayer? I, you know, I, when I read it, I wonder which one prayed. You know, was it Andrew or was it Simon? Like, I can't deal with this guy. I've been in the boat with him for so long. I need Jesus to show up today, Lord Jesus, please. And then all of a sudden, Jesus showed up at work. If you've never prayed that prayer, it's probably because somebody's praying it about you. So, verse 19, Jesus, uh, Jesus called out to them. He said, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Verse 20 says, they left their nets at once and followed him. He said, come, follow me, and I will show you how. And I also want to show you, let's take a look at John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John 13. Verse 15, it says, I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. Today, I want to present the second message. Following Jesus is discipleship. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you. Lord, thank you. Thank you for a relationship. Thank you for an invitation to discipleship. Father, I ask that you would send your spirit to draw near now as we draw near to you and show us how to follow your way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. So, um, thank you, Kevin. That was beautiful. Everyone has strengths and weaknesses. You have yours. I have mine. Mine are not yours. Yours are not mine. But everyone has strengths and weaknesses. And I have confidence to tell you that one of my strengths is the ability to follow directions. I'm good, I'm good with directions. Uh, not like the kind where people will tell you what to do directions. I'm not, that, that would be considered a weakness of mine. But a strength of mine is following directions like north, south, east, west kind of directions. I'm not easily lost. I know kind of where I'm going. I just have a, I don't know, a gift of geographical awareness. So quick, quick show of hands. Anybody like not good with directions? Anybody not good with directions? Like you get lost easily? Yeah, it's okay. You're not, you're not alone. It's fine. It's okay, baby. I, I, I saw you over there. That's why you got me. I got you. So, so anyway, I'm, I'm pretty good with directions, at least one kind of directions. And um, I'm especially good with directions if I've ever been this way before. Like if I've ever been there at least one time, I, I, I got it. I got it. And so, um, a couple weeks ago, I got the good fortune to visit one of my favorite cities on the planet Earth. Uh, it's called the Classic City. Some people also know it as Athens, Georgia. And so I was in Athens. I was in Athens. It was a business trip. It's a familiar place, uh, even though I haven't been there in a while. Um, it is home to the University of Georgia where I went to school. I'm not going to say it, but I am a fan. Hey, somebody said it. Amen. Amen. So, so it just, 
I hadn't been there in a while, and it's a fun place, but, you know, if you've ever been to a college town, um, it changes a lot. You know, there's a lot of growth happening. There's a lot of development happening. There's new buildings. There's new roads. There's new banners. There's new decorations. There's new hardware in the trophy case, which was not there when I was around, but it's there now, and I could, you know, I, I just could hardly recognize it, and so... Anyway, um, besides Athens, Georgia being home to the defending national champions, uh, it's also home to one of my wife's favorite stores, a little shop. It's just outside of downtown. It's a place called Half Moon Outfitters. And so I was up there for a work trip. I was coming back uh, home, and I was going to try to store up um, some... um, some account equity in the uh, marital blessings account. So I was going to go by the store and get her a pair of her shoes because she, she deserves it. And so I was coming from a different direction. I usually come from either the south side of town or inside town, but I was coming from the north side of town this time. And I wasn't really sure. I mean, I kind of knew where I was going, but I wasn't really sure where I was going. I knew it's next door to Taqueria del Sol, one of my favorite restaurants, but and I was coming a new way. And so open my phone plugged in the GPS app, and uh, I, got all the, I got all the directions, right? And as soon as I opened it, I looked at it, I was like, oh, of course, of course, 129 South, jump on 10, Prince Avenue, exit, hang a left, go a little bit further, hang a left, go a little bit further. It's on the left. So I got it. I'm comfortable. I've been there before. And because directions are what I would consider a strength of mine, I also have this bad habit, right? So I'll, I'll double-check myself with the, with the app, but before I go or either when I'm on the way, I'll close the app because I got it. Like, I know where I'm going. I've been there before. I've got some confidence. This is kind of a good thing. I'm, I, have a, I have a gift here. And so I did it again. I closed it. And, and at the beginning, it was, it was easy, right, because there were just main roads, 129 South. That's a major highway. Get off on 10. You can only go one way or the other. It's left or right. It's actually a circle. So uh, you've got a 50-50 chance. You hang a right. But the thing that um, I didn't take into consideration, the closer I got to where I was trying to go, the more options there were. And along the way, there was some road construction, which also had some detours, which puts me in a different part of town that I wasn't planning on going to. And there were one-way streets, and now my options were limited. And so I got to this place, and I knew I was close, but I wasn't where I wanted to go. And I guess if I had to admit I got lost. I got lost. And it's so easy because the GPS was telling me where to go, but I closed it. I decided to try to go my own way. I tried to trust in my own strength, and I, I couldn't get there. I wound up lost. And uh, the more I thought about it is it's not uncommon that we like to go our own way. It's so common. We like to go our own way. We like to do things our own way. We like to think that our way is the best way. There's all these, you know, old phrases about being set in our ways. I've heard some people say it's my way or the highway. And um, it's, it's often not the best way. Proverbs 14, 12 put it, puts it like this. There is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. So how many times, probably more than we care to count, how many times have you been in a spot in your life that you've never been there before? I've never been this way. It's something new. How often have we tried to handle that situation or even more complicated, a temptation in our own way? Didn't turn out so good. 
How many times have we tried to do life our way and wound up lost, wound up in a mess, wound up in a place where you got to throw up your hands and you say, I don't know what to do now. And when we get to that place, I've noticed um, some common themes, at least in my own life. And I want to encourage you because I've experienced enough to where I know now I don't have it all figured out, but at least I'm trying to go the direction that I know I need to go in. And so I've been here, and I just want to share with you, when we get to this place that we don't know what to do, the first thing I've experienced is try to fix it up, try to fix it myself. You know, we try to fix it ourselves. We try to do whatever we know to do. We were going this way. We didn't wind up where we wanted to go. Now I'm here. It's okay. I got this. I got a plan. I got an idea. Here's what I'm going to try to do. We try to fix it ourselves. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And if it doesn't, there's a next step that I've seen. We try to fix it ourselves. Doesn't work. And so we think about, oh, you know what? I remember this happened to them that time. So I'm going to try to do what they did. We get to a place, we don't know what to do. We try to do what somebody else has done because, well, it worked for them. I've seen them do it. It's got to work for me. And too many times, it doesn't work like that. We try to fix it ourselves. We try to do like somebody else has done. It doesn't work. And then there's this third place that maybe we all can relate to. We get to this place, and it's the saddest place of all. We just, we, we try to live with it. We wind up lost. We wind up in this place. We wind up in a mess. We wind up somewhere we had no intentions of ever being. And now, because I tried to fix it, I tried to do it their way, I tried to do it my way, well, I guess I just got to live with it. And I got to tell you, man, we're all trying to find our way. Nobody's got it figured out. We're all trying to figure it out, but we're all trying to find the way. And I want to encourage you because the good news is, Jesus came to save the lost and found. We don't have to do it our way. We've got him. And so you can go today, this day, you can go from trying to find a way to trusting Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. Because it's, it's the way. He's the way. He's the way. It's not us. It's not our ideas. It's not our strengths. It's him. And so I want to talk to you about this subject of discipleship today. And it's a word that we hear a lot. It's a word that um, the first thing that probably comes to mind when you hear the word disciple is like 12 dudes with beers, right? And, and that's true. There were 12 dudes that followed Jesus, but a disciple is simply this. It's, it's, it's a person who learns the ways and beliefs of Jesus and follows his example. That's it. That's it. They learn, they learn the ways, they, they learn the beliefs, and they follow his example. Now, discipleship, discipleship is the act of. It's the act of following Jesus in every area of your life so he can show you how. So he can show you how to become the person he's created you to be. It's, it's, it's letting him show you how. So the, the title of today's message is Following Jesus. It's discipleship. But I got to be honest with you, I love titles. I'll get on to Wade privately after, after, mess, after the message if he never gives a title. So I'm, I, 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 had a, I had a backup title. I went with Following Jesus' discipleship, but I always went with this one. Discipleship is caught, not taught. Woo! 
You get it? Because they're fishermen, right? They're fishermen. They're fishermen. The first disciples he called were fishermen. It's caught, not taught. And so in, in, in Matthew 14, we've got these guys, you know, they're at work. Jesus is walking by, and, and he calls the fishermen to follow him. He didn't call them to be disciples. He didn't call them to discipleship. He simply called them to follow him. These guys were fishermen. Fishing was their job. Fish, fishing was their profession. And Jesus said very clearly, he said, I know you know how to fish for fish, but I'll show you how to fish for people. See, these guys already had a profession. Jesus came to give them some purpose. Now, you've got a profession. I know you do. You've been doing it for a while. You've been doing it all your life. You've had it passed down. Your father did it. Now you're doing it. You're going to pass it down to your kids. That's your profession. That's fine. That's good. But if you let Jesus in, he can use it. He can use your profession. You can have purpose in your profession. But you got to let Jesus come close so you can follow him. You can follow him. It's caught, not taught. He told him, I'll show you how. I'll show you how. You're not going to study your way into discipleship. You're not going to learn your way into discipleship. You're not going to inform or educate your way into discipleship. There's not going to be there's not going to be this light bulb moment where all of a sudden you have this uh, understanding into discipleship. That's not how it works. I've experienced it enough to know, and I want to encourage you, it comes through following. It comes through staying close. It comes through side by side, hand in hand, walking with Jesus so close that you get caught up in the overflow. You get caught up in the example due to your proximity to him, and you can't help but get it all over you. It comes through following. It's caught, not taught. It happens along the way, the by and by. In the process. It's the journey with him. He invited them to come. He invited them to follow. Because it takes action. You got to move. You got to move. You got to move. You got to move. Look at your neighbor. Tell him you got to move. Online. Put it in the chat. You got to move. You got to move. Because you can't stay where you're at and follow Jesus. You can't. You got to move. You got to move. Look at your other neighbor. Tell him, I'm on the move. I'm on the move. We're on the move. We're on the move. Psalm 37, 23 puts it like this. The steps, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he takes delight in his ways and blesses his path. Matthew, Matthew 14, 19, and 20. Put it back up on the screen. Put it back up on the screen. It's not a suggestion. It's not a plea. Jesus didn't ask them if they felt like tagging along and, and if they wanted to come with him, it wasn't, it wasn't a question. It was an order. It was an order because we serve a God of order. It was an order. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. They thought they were at work. They thought they were in their profession. He wanted to use it for his purpose. And I came to tell you today, if you apply it for his purpose, there is provision in his purpose. You're working you're working, it's your profession, but if you submit to his purpose, there is provision. I'll put it like this. If he orders it, he pays for it. You missed it. If he orders it, he pays for it because you're in his purpose. 
I got to give a shout out to Andre Cooper, Victory Chapel, Tallahassee. He said, uh, we got to get out of the grind of life and get into the grace of life. That reminded me of, of uh, Pastor Andre when he shared that message that time. So it's simply put, discipleship is doing life Jesus's way, not our way. That's it. It's simply put. In fact, early on, they weren't called Christians. They were called followers of the way. They were followers of the way. That's how they were known. Jesus will lead you in the way because he came to show you who he created you to be. He has to reveal that to you if you will let him. So, simply put, following Jesus is following his ways, following his word, and following his will. That's it. If you stay close to his ways, his word, his will, you will wind up in discipleship. But here's the catch of the day. I got Fisher jokes. I got, I got jokes for days. Listen, man. Here's the catch. <laughs> discipleship, discipleship works best in relationship. It works best in relationship. If you don't see discipleship through the lens of relationship, it'll always turn into rules. It'll always turn into, I can't do this, I can't do that. It's not about rules. It's about relationship. He leads us with his love, and so discipleship isn't about control. It's about commitment. It's about his commitment to us. It's about our commitment to him. Discipleship is like this. It's uh, taking your relationship to the next level, right? So, so I remember when, when Catherine and I first got into a relationship, I would talk to her, right? I would call her. I wouldn't Snapchat her. I wouldn't text at her. I would call her on the, on the landline with the long cord. I would, I would call her, and we would talk. That's a relationship. That's how it begins. You can do that with Jesus through prayer. It's a simple conversation. That's how you do. You start the relationship by talking. But if you want to take it to the next level, you got to go places together. Right? I want to meet you at the movies. I want to see you at the coffee shop. What do you say about we go get some ice cream? You ask him to come along with you. You invite him in. Lord, I'm going to work. I need you to come with me to work today. I don't know if I can do it one more day, but if you're with me, I got a good chance. That's discipleship. You're taking relationship to the next level. You start going places together. That's how it works. That's how it works. And so there's no other way to become who God has called you to be except through discipleship. Remember this. Jesus said, come, follow me, I will show you. Jesus leads us by showing us. And as he is showing us, he is growing us. As he shows us, he grows us. So um, Ephesians 5 in... The message translation, it puts it like this. It says, watch. Watch what God does and then do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. That's a good reminder right there. Mostly what God does is love you. He might correct you if he needs to. But mostly what he does is love you. So keep company with him and learn a life of love. Check this out. Remember this. Jesus did not come to earth just to die. 
He came to teach us how to live. We have an example in him, and he didn't just come in. No, he did. He did. He had to. He had to do the work, and there was no one else that could do it, and he did it, and he came, and he died. But it wasn't just to die. It was to teach us how to live. It was to teach us how to live, and he did it because he showed us. He showed us God made flesh, dwelt among us, and he showed us. And so I want to share with you some points that you can take and try to apply practically, simply to your life in the example that Jesus gave us as to show us how to live. One of the first things and one of the greatest things, one of the biggest things that Jesus did when he came, he showed us how to overcome temptation. He was faced with it. The same thing that you're facing, he's facing. He's faced it already. The same thing you're going through, he faced it already. He had relationship struggles. He had, he had temptations from the devil. And, and every time, every time, he overcame it with the word of God. Because he was so close to it. He was in such proximity to the word of God. Anytime he was tempted, he was able to overcome it because of the word of God. And you can too. You can too. You can overcome every temptation that you're faced if you keep following Jesus. Closely, closely, stay with his word. You don't have to give in. You just got to keep following Jesus. Too often times we get it wrong in our mind. It's like, I got to say no to that. When, okay, yeah, that may be true, but instead look at it differently. Let the paradigm shift in your mind and say, I'm not just saying no to that. I'm saying yes to him. I'm saying yes to him. I'm not going this way. I'm going his way. I'm following him. And as I follow him, I don't have to worry about that stuff because it's not close to me. It's, I'm close to him. He showed you how to overcome temptation, and we can do it because he did it. We have him. We have access because of him, and he showed us how to overcome temptation. That's something I want to share with you today. Another thing is how to face impossible situations. All right, how to face impossible situations. If I had time, they're already giving me the, I would, I would share, I, I, I would read all of, all of Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is solid gold. It is solid gold. And if I had time, I would read it, but, but I don't. And so I, I, in, in, in Hebrews 11, it says um, something along the lines of faith is evidence of things not seen. Right. And 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 even though you may be in a situation that you didn't think you were going to wind up in and you know that there's another place you're trying to go and it doesn't look real good right now. It doesn't look like you know what you're doing. It doesn't look like you know where you're going. It doesn't matter. You can look at that situation even though you don't see it and you can express faith because faith is evidence of the things not seen. And also in Hebrews 11 verse 6, it says without faith, it is impossible to please him. And so your faith pleases him. Faith is, faith is, it's trusting Jesus. No matter the situation, no matter the circumstance, you keep following him. That's faith. And he showed us how to face these impossible situations through faith. No matter what I face, I can keep going his way. And the good news is he's with you. He's with you. He will not leave you. He will not abandon you. He will not forsake you. He will be with you and get you through this. He will. 
He's faithful. He's faithful. He's committed to the relationship. Are we? Sometimes, if I'm being honest, sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm not. But thank God for his faithfulness. Thank God for his commitment. And so he has shown us how to overcome temptation. He has shown us how to face impossible situations. And he has also shown us how to submit to God's plan. How to submit to God's plan. Not our plan, not your plan, not my plan, but God's plan. First Peter, now this is funny, right? So, so, so what we looked at earlier today in Matthew, it's when Jesus met Peter. Right? Jesus met Peter. Jesus met Andrew. He called them. Fast forward. Here we are in 1 Peter. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to know who wrote 1 Peter. It was Peter. And so he went from, he went from experiencing it, watching it modeled out for him because he followed closely to Jesus. And now he's confident and equipped to write about it. And this is what Peter says in 2.22, excuse me, uh, 2.21. To this you were called. Because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. The thing I love about Jesus is he didn't just tell us what to do. He didn't just give us an instruction manual. He showed us how to do it. Everything you're facing, everything you have faced, everything you're going to face, he's already faced it. And he showed you how to do it. He showed us how. He's a good God. He loves us. And he didn't just tell us. He showed us. Even when it was hard, he always followed his father's plan. He trusted and obeyed. Because the first part's easy, right? Like, ah, you know, I guess I should trust you. You're omnipotent. You're omniscient. You're omnipresent. You probably got a lot more things going for you than me. So I'll trust you. That's not that hard. It's a good deal. Right? Who am I going to put my faith in? Me or him? It's easy to trust him, but the hard part is to obey him. It's, it's, it's two-part. You can't just get the first part. you got to get the second part, too. Trust and obey. His plan. His plan. His plan. Discipleship, as I said earlier, is, is, is most fruitful in relationship. And so... It's not about just telling you what to do. It's someone who loves you enough to show you how to do it. All the direction, all the correction, all the counsel, it all comes from this relationship with a heart that he has to help you be everything that God created you to be. That's where it comes from. It comes from a place of love. And so it might not feel like love. It might feel like lost. It might not feel like love. It might feel like discipline. But it comes from his heart. And his heart is full of love for you. For you. It's full of love for you. And he, he does this because he loves us. And he shows us how to submit to God's plan. Even when it was hard for him. He said, Father, if there is no other way, would you take this cup from me? But your will. Your will. Thy will, not my will. That's what he said. That's what he did. And we can do it too because he showed us how. He showed us how to submit to God's plan. And this one right here, this one might be the most challenging of all. He showed us how to show unconditional love. Unconditional love. 
not circumstantial love, situational love, conditional love, unconditional love. Luke 7, 47, therefore, therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. So this, this verse right here, this is taken out of a very popular story. It's the woman who comes, Jesus is at, um, he's at a dinner party with all the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the Stormy Seas. And, and I told you, I got him. I got him. And so this lady comes in, and she cracks open this bottle of perfume, and she pours it all over Jesus' feet, and she's wiping her hair, or she's wiping his feet with her hair and the tears and the perfume, and it's just, it's, 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 it's causing a disruption at the dinner party, needless to say. But Jesus never misses a moment to teach. He never misses a moment to instruct. And while other people are saying, this is wrong, he says, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're looking at it wrong. This right here, this woman has many sins. They all knew it. They all knew she had many sins. But because she had much love, there was much forgiveness. Unconditional forgiveness. Unconditional love. Jesus loves people unconditionally. Even his enemies. Because the people he was sitting at the table with were plotting to kill him. And he loved them. He loves his enemies. He loves your enemies. He loves them just as much as he loves you. He loves them just as much as he loves me. His love is unconditional. That's not the natural way that we love. It's just not. It's just not. And if we're ever going to get it right, if we're ever going to do or aspire to do the things that he has equipped us to do, like love unconditionally, We've got to do it by following him, staying close to him, in discipleship with him, because he will show us how. He will show us how. He loves the unlovable, and he forgives the unforgivable. And so um, I don't know where you're at today. You may feel like some things that you've done or some places that you've been or Maybe you're lost right now and you've got this lie in your mind that I'm unlovable. Or what I've done is unforgivable. That's not true. That's not true. His word says something better. His word speaks something better. He says you are loved. You are forgiven. That's the reason he came is to love you and me and to forgive everything that we've ever done and everything that we ever do if we would just submit and follow him. Not go our way, but go his way because he is the way, the truth, and the life. So I want everybody, I want everybody to stand to your feet. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to bow your head. I want you to lift your hands in a sign of surrender because he's faithful and he deserves our worship. He deserves our faith. It says it pleases him. And we came here today not to hear somebody talk. We came here today to worship the God, the one true God, the living God who is seated on high in his place, on his throne. And we're here to worship him. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you for sending Jesus 
to do what only he could do. Thank you that you love us so much that you want to forgive us just so that we can have relationship with you. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for the way that you've taken us. Help our unbelief. Increase our faith in you, God, through proximity to Jesus. As we follow him, as we follow closely, you would show us step by step, by and by, your way, your way to truth, your way to life, your way to love, your way to forgiveness. I pray this now over your people. I pray this over your people, over the family of Emerge Church. Lord, I pray that we would be so close to you that we could go and do and fulfill all the plans that you have for us, all of our purpose. We could walk in your provision. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. I love you. God bless you. Thanks, bro. Go dogs. <laughs> I, I had to see how well he would do before I let him say it. I, I, I love the idea behind that entire message. Because so many times, I think in the church world, we have reduced a relationship with God to just getting saved. Or let me say it like this, walking to an altar. And I know so many people in life who have walked the aisle to an altar and have prayed a prayer, but haven't taken many steps in following Jesus and have been trying to do this without him doing this for him trying to be good for him or wait 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 try to be good for mama for him so mama don't have to worry and and this is such a a, a misconception and the whole idea of discipleship has been reduced to books and classes and programs but the basis of it all has always been and was meant to be relationship. It was always meant to be relationship. A book cannot disciple you. A person can. They may use a book, but it takes a person to disciple you. All you get out of that is information. That's it. And information will confuse you, but revelation will change you. And that comes through relationships. And through this whole entire series my hope, my goal, my prayer, what we're trying to convey to you, that it all comes through a relationship with Jesus. And Jesus didn't just say, hey, go live right and all that. He said, come with me and I will show you. I will show you how the relationship has the influence. And I wonder how many of us here today, do we just have a religious experience where we pray to prayer? Or do we have a relationship with God and we're walking with him? It's not just, oh, I got to go find Jesus. It's I'm with him. It's a walk that I have with him. It's a relationship that I have. Every head bowed, every eye closed in this room. Because there are people here today through hearing this message, through all of the, the experiences that you've had with church, with 
God, whatever. It's brought you to this place to understanding that I need a relationship with God more than anything. I need Jesus to be my Lord and Savior, but I need him to be my friend too. And if you're here today, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You don't know him as your friend. Today, we, we're inviting you into that relationship. If you want to know Jesus as your Savior, as your friend today, I just want you to lift a hand real quick. Anyone else today? So I need to know Jesus as more than just a religious figure. I need to know him as a relatable friend. Anyone else? Maybe you're watching at home. Anyone else today say, hey, I need Jesus to be more than just a religious figure. Anyone else? Every Sunday we pray this prayer together. And hey, I want you to look at me. And I want you to hear me. Because this prayer isn't the magic prayer. This is just, I'm making a verbal commitment to Jesus. I'm coming with you. That's what it is. I'm coming with you. This is followed by another step. And another step. And another step. You keep taking steps. And that is what I would call a walk with God. You keep stepping. You keep going. And that's how you keep growing. Amen. And the church is just full of people who have chosen I'm coming with you, Jesus. The whole vision of our church is we lead people to follow Jesus so they can live out God's plans for their lives. Honestly, this whole series is really just unfolding the vision of what we are about here at Emerge Church. Because if you follow Jesus, you'll live out God's plans, what he created for you to be. I promise you, you will. And it won't be as difficult as you thought it would be. You just, oh, I've just been walking with Jesus, and here I am. He brought me through some tough stuff. Anybody been there before? And he will keep bringing you through. That's our story. I'm sticking to it. Come on, can I lead you in this prayer today? People today are surrendering their lives to Jesus, starting a relationship with him. Pray this prayer. Say, Dear Lord, thank you so much for loving me, that you came to die. For my sins so that I could be forgiven. But you also came to show me how to live. So today I make the decision that I will follow you. I surrender my life to you. And I choose your way over my way. I choose your love. I choose your faith. I choose your forgiveness over all of my ways. I choose your purpose. Thank you for choosing me. I surrender my life to you now. And I'm all yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Come on, that's a good place to put your hands together.